Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. All right, we are back. We're in the second half of the show. Uh, Today is uh, Saturday, April 27th. Uh, This is Kirk Reed in Marshfield, and we've got Mike McNamara down in Florida. Uh, We're talking about uh, coming into money um, and some of the different ways that that might happen and and how to, you know, hopefully take advantage of it and not... uh, and not squander it, but um, we're, so we're getting into we're getting into that. But Bef- uh, before we go back, I uh, just wanted to do go through the announcements one more time. Uh, so next Saturday, uh, which is May fourth, uh, the topic is common sense financial survival, uh, and that will be Mike and Pam McNamara. Um, and then the following Saturday, May eleventh, uh, estate planning for young families. Uh, and that would be Alyssa uh, and her guest, Attorney Danielle Van Ness uh, of DGVE Law in Hingham. Uh, and then lastly, um, coming up Tuesday, April, uh, the 30th, April 30th, just a couple days, uh, we will be hosting our annual <coughs> Social Security Seminar uh, with guest speaker, uh, Mr. Kurt Zarnowski. Um, so that's Tuesday, April 30th at 6.30 at the Cask and Flagon in Marshfield. Uh, if you would like to attend, please call the office, 781-834-2010, or you can register uh, through our website, Um 
All right, Mike, I kind of forget where we were. <laughs> well, I, I don't. Thank, thankfully, I don't. Okay, but that's okay. Uh, but by the way, I, uh, I almost wish I could attend that Social Security seminar because uh, Kurt Zarnowski is such a great speaker. He's just a hoot to listen to, and he makes all kinds of sense. It really is. We, uh, yeah, so we... <laughs> We're limited to about 40, uh, 40 spots. Um, I believe we have seven or eight spots left. So we're, okay. we're, we're almost full, but we do have a little bit of room. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, folks, we're talking about coming into a large chunk of money, and large is a relative term for each person, and uh, there are numerous ways that you can do that with inheritances or lottery winnings or stock options or legal settlements or insurance proceeds. But anyway, uh, the point is most people don't do a very good job of handling that money because, m- I'm sorry, many, I don't want to get too many arguments here, many people uh, do, aren't good at handling their financial affairs, and so if you get a big bunch of money and don't get help, you can you know make really big mistakes with big chunks of money, and uh, we, we read a bunch of those at the first part of the show. By the way, folks, this show will be uh, posted on our website uh, some, well, within, sometime in the next couple of weeks or something like that, uh, so if you miss this or if you want to hear it again or have a friend, you can uh, just go to our website, McNamaraFinancial.com, and catch up with what we were talking about here. Anyway, uh, so... In a few moments, I want to get to the do's and don'ts, but I, I got a few more problems that, that the people face uh, that, that I wanted to cover pretty quickly here. Um, telling folks about it was the last, <laughs> last one. Folks, make it a private thing. Uh, people will knock on your door. You will regret it forever. Oh, and by the way, you know, family and friends and, and relationships can be destroyed, okay, from a money point of view. It's uh, a relatively common theme, unfortunately. Uh, okay, uh, another problem is that folks don't understand the legal, tax, or financial ramifications of coming into money. Uh, we'll, we'll get into this a little later on, but an example might be, sheesh, I inherited an IRA uh, from my grandmother. It's uh, 60000 bucks, and I can pay off the rest of my mortgage with it, or I can do something with it. Well, you know, if you take money out of an IRA, you know, I have a newsflash for you folks. There's some taxes due, and I hope you know that before you took the money out of an IRA, but uh, it would not be an uncommon thing for somebody to crash an IRA, spend all the money, and find out they have a relatively large tax bill to pay for which they don't have money because they didn't know about that in advance. Uh, you know, there are other uh, problems that can kind of develop. Uh, you know, I mean, here's an example. Um, three children inherit a home uh, from the last surviving parent. Uh, they own the home in thirds. Uh, one person wants to live there, one person wants to rent it out and be an investment property, and one person wants to sell it because they need the money. Uh, hello? Uh, you know, there, there, there are problems, okay, inheriting property with others that could be pretty messy. We've certainly seen our share of that over the years in our business here. Uh, and so taxes and legal Stuff and insurance stuff. That's why they have CPAs and attorneys and insurance professional folks. You know, before you go liquidate a chunk of money or make a change, 
you, you might want to be real sure about what consequences are or what things you have to know before you go out and do that. Uh, you know, you could uh, inherit a large chunk of stock from uh, a family member, and maybe you decide it's a good chunk of stock and do nothing with it forever. Well, maybe it's well beyond your risk uh, tolerance, and, and maybe it goes down 50% in value, and maybe you're not happy when you see that a year or two from now. So lo- lots of things to consider given the circumstances. Okay, um, problem. Don't, don't change your spending habits before you know how much you can really spend. And again, one of the, the do's that we'll get to later is, folks, uh, the first person you should call, pardon me for doing a commercial for certified financial planners, but first person you should do is call a certified financial planner after you uh, come into a large chunk of money and say, can I sit down with you and can we make a plan for the rest of my life so that I can live okay now, not run out of money and leave my kids something sort of a thing. Uh, and, and, you know, folks, you need to have a life plan. It's a complicated world. You need to have a retirement plan. Uh, and we, we, we know how helpful that can be. And uh, it doesn't have to be somebody named McNamara or Reed, okay? But if you craft a detailed, comprehensive, written financial plan with a professional certified financial planner practitioner, okay, plan for the rest of your life, well, it'll probably tell you how much money you can spend, how much money you can give away, and what you can and can't do given the circumstances. Uh, and it's something that you know you should monitor and check with every year given the circumstances. You need a plan, folks. And so, okay, uh, spending more money than uh, spending all kinds of money and making impulsive decisions before you know whether you can really do that or not. N- not a good, not a good situation. Um, the other, another problem is don't make promises or commitments. So, geez, I'm going to take care of my kids. I'm going to pay off my mortgage. I'm going to pay off my kid's mortgage, and I'm going to buy my uh, youngest daughter a house or wh- whatever. Okay, folks, don't, don't make any commitments. Don't make any promises. Just kind of get that uh, money, sit on it, go talk with a financial advisor, craft a plan, and then in that plan, you say, I want to do this, I want to do that, whatever. And by the way, any certified financial planner practitioner will tell you, you can do that or not do that, depending on what the math says, folks. So get some professional help with that. Kirk, you want to throw anything about that? I don't want to go run along here. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, you said you said you mentioned it just now and you mentioned it before about, you know, I think one of the one of the one of the best things you can do um, if you, you know, if you come into money. Is, is sit on it. I mean, that's that's really probably the best advice, uh, at least initially. Um, perhaps easier said than done, um, but it but it's the most prudent thing to do. Um, you know, you mentioned I think I don't know you said three to six months or something like that. I mean, I would say yeah, at, at least maybe longer. At, at least yeah, yeah, at least yeah. that. I mean, but I, that, like easier said than done. You know, people you know people sometimes they you know they got money burning a hole in their pocket and they feel like they need to do something with it, but. Um, you know your your mind's racing, and and you're gonna and you're probably gonna make a poor decision if you yeah. if you act too too uh, imp, you know without thinking. And yeah, uh, the, and by the way, the next one is don't give away too much too soon. I think we've mentioned that about nine right. different ways. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. it's it's too late. You can't get it back. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you can't get, and then you realize, whoops, and then it's you know, and that's when people start you know people start going that down that depression path, right? 
when they, you know, and they start yep. re- 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 regretting, yep. you know, what they did. The, um, I'm going to quote, I think, for the last time from that white paper by the folks from uh, TGS Financial Advisors in Radnor, Pennsylvania, giving away too much too soon. They call that mistake number nine. A loan to a family member, friend, or associate should usually be treated as a gift because you are unlikely to ever get the money back. Generosity to churches, charities, or political parties should be tempered by an enlightened sense of self-interest and an understanding of your own economic needs, both now and for the rest of your life. From a portfolio perspective, gifts to family members or charities are simply expenditures. There you go. Okay. Uh, All right. And let's see. Yep. My my last two or three problems, watch out for charities. Uh, You know, know, anybody knows that if you make a donation to any charity, you're on a list and you get communications on a regular basis for absolutely ever and maybe some phone calls or this, that, or the other thing. So, uh, and then... I, you know, I, yeah, this, right. I, you know, my thought on this is, I mean, charities are something that people, you know, people can feel very strongly about. And yep. so, yep. you know, I want to be, I want to be careful with what I say, but, yep. um, there are, there are lots of good charities out there. Um, you know, lots of, lots of them doing, you know, doing good work, but I think because there are so many and it's hard to, you know, as as an individual, I think I think you know mentally, psychologically, I think I think the best thing you can do for yourself is, you know, do some research. You know, look at you know look at what's out there, and decide you know what's important to you, and you know and and pick you know pick one or pick two, and you know and then you know give you know give give some money to them, and you know just try to focus on that. And otherwise, I think yeah, you can just kind of it can start spiraling. Yeah, and, and the political contributions are a factor of five more intensity in terms of making donations and being harassed for money later on sort of a thing. It's like unbelievable, actually. Yeah. Um, anyway, how, how is it that charities and political organizations are exempt from uh, phone calls and stuff like that, Kirk? You wonder about that, mm-hmm. huh? Uh, anyway, uh, last two problems before we get into some do's and don'ts here. So um, to, to your points earlier, be careful about a lump sum versus income, okay? Um, I I would tell you, as you mentioned earlier, that if you're not going to get help or if you think you can do it yourself or for whatever reason, okay, you're going to handle it. Take out the 20-year payments over time. Don't take the lump sum because there's a pretty good chance the 20-year payments will last longer than the, than the lump sum you took in terms of money hanging around in your life. Right. So, yeah, it would be uh, a safer way to play it if you weren't sure about it. By the way, I, I, I don't know this, Kirk, but I wonder if you can opt for, I'll take a little bit of a, a, an income and a, par, a partial. I wonder if you could split that. I, I don't know. I don't know. Possibly. I'll bet you, I'll bet uh, you could. Possibly. Bet you could. I mean, can, can you yeah. can you do it? And you can, sometimes you can do a lifetime option, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Versus- uh, I mean, I, I, I wonder, you know, I, I, I don't know about that. I okay. have to poke into that. But, but, you know, I mean, let, let's face it. If you do hire some financial advisors, it's probably in their best interest to tell you to take a lump sum. Okay, I think the academics would say it's the right thing to do if you know what you're doing, but you know it's a lot safer to take a monthly payment guaranteed or a yearly payment guaranteed for 20 years. So kind of depends. You know, of, yeah. you know, of those, you know, you read those 21 stories. I mean, yeah. of of all the stories that are out there, I have to believe that there are there are less bad stories with the 
with the annuities uh, versus yeah. the, versus the lump sum. I, I mean, yep. I, I mean, I, I don't know Agreed. that for a fact, but I, yep. I have to believe that. Uh, yep. Yep. Okay. Um, it, it's a guaranteed income stream, and maybe you could have done better, but uh, it, it's a safer course by far for many folks who fit that that circumstance. Absolutely. Okay. And then last but not least, before we get into some specific do's and don'ts here, uh, is family problems. Okay, uh, that can result with regard to money. Um, you know, we, we uh, well, I'll make this statement because, uh, you know, I don't want Kirk to feel like he's, uh, you know, in the gang here. But, uh, but bottom line is people fight about money. Kids fight about money or many kids fight about money. And we've I've seen that over 38 years in this business. Uh, and, and so, folks, there are numerous ugly stories about family relationships, and by the way, f- f- friends as well, but family relationships like destroyed over money. You know, uh, on the, on the one hand, uh, you know, you you gift you gift uh, some money to a child, it may become an annual expectation. Uh, you know, they may uh, you know waste it away or build it into their lifestyle, sort of a thing. So you know, th- you know, th- that is a potential problem. Maybe you gave away money that you couldn't afford, or maybe it was only a one-time thing. And then, by the way, giving people money, sometimes that creates problems and not solves them. I mean, you know, we, we just read a whole bunch of stories about what happens when the lottery winners, you know, come into money. Well, you know, your kids aren't, uh, aren't the exception here. There's a fair chunk of children that if you give them money, their lives might be worse, kind of given the circumstances. So th- th- there are family relationships and stress, okay, built into that equation if you're not careful about it. Uh, and that's that's just how it is. So you, there, are, there are many uh, folks who regret ever coming into lottery winnings, and, and that's because they weren't very careful about what they did. Uh, I think I'm done on the... Uh, on the problems. I want to get into some of the specifics about the do's and don'ts. Kirk, you got anything you want to uh, throw in there before we move on? Or? Uh, no, I'm ready to go. All right. So where do you start? Okay, it's really simple. We've mentioned this a few times. We'll mention it again, okay? And pardon me for doing a commercial for certified financial planner practitioners, but uh, from my point of view, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, necessary folks in the world here. Okay, contract or contact a certified financial planner practitioner. I think there are like 70,000 of them across the country, Kirk. I'm not sure. Have you seen any numbers lately? Or? No, I can look it up while you're talking. Yeah, now, but, no, yeah. no, big, no big deal. Okay, but folks, it doesn't have to be somebody named McNamara or Reed, but certified financial planners have an expertise in many areas of finance. They, they went to school for that. They took exams. They go on ongoing education, uh, and they can coordinate virtually all aspects of your financial life, from insurance to estate planning to taxes. They may not do all those things for you, but they can coordinate and work with other professionals that you have. And the important part is that you have a plan to live your life now and survive, and hopefully have a plan to retire and live happily ever after. And that plan involves a whole bunch of financial decisions, a whole bunch of financial actions, not just money and investments. It relates to mortgages and life insurance. and It's just like a comprehensive financial plan. I guess I can't say that any better than than how it's uh, usually portrayed in the the media. Uh, And, you know, if you have one of those plans in place, okay, you already know 
how much money you might be able to give to your kids or you already know about the charity or you already know what how much money you can you know do if i want to do this or that or the other thing i mean everybody has to have a budget doesn't make any difference how big your income is okay your budget has to be the expenses have to be no more than and preferably less than your income folks and uh, the problem with inheriting money is that your expenses went way up and uh, sometimes it doesn't uh, doesn't bode well uh, versus uh, having money forever sort of a thing so Kirk go ahead uh, I was just gonna say there are, there are about 83,000 uh, CFPs in the country yeah I don't know how many of them are practicing versus folks who work for mutual fund companies okay. that might be in the marketing department sure. or something yep. maybe try practicing okay your plan is that yeah these are just plan? yeah these are just certificates yeah uh, and, yeah, okay. And there's about 3,000 in Massachusetts. Oh, oh, no kidding. All right, great. Okay, folks, so so there you go. Okay, uh, anyway, go, go see one of these people. Okay, have a meeting. Have them explain what they do. You know, ask them questions, okay? Have them show you how things might work. Uh, the world is hugely complicated when it comes to all kinds of finances. Most f- folks don't have the time or the energy or the inclination or the expertise to manage all of their own affairs. You need help, folks, but you need a big plan to coordinate everything. Well, my insurance guy says I need more money and more insurance. My investment guy says I need to put more in my 401k, this, that. You know, you you, you need to coordinate all those financial things going on in your life with, with the financial professionals that you hopefully already work with. And having a financial plan kind of ties that all together and you know, you only have so much money at the end of your, your month, folks, uh, you know, but you ought to know where your priorities are or how you feel about it. You know, if you have a financial plan in place, you'll have enough information to make decisions about what your priorities are in life and, and what aren't your priorities and what you can't afford sort of a thing. And uh, that goes for everybody, not just lottery winners or anybody else. I'm uh, I was I'm still poking around the CFP website and yep. so Mike you are in the uh, you are in the one percent category. There's uh, there are only 831 CFPs with a doctorate. Oh, no kidding. Well, I I <laughs> I feel honored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't tell anybody it's an education, Kirk. But that's okay. Right? Okay. <laughs> a one percenter, huh? Son yep. of a gun. Yeah. Okay. By the way, uh, I'm coming up on 30 years in 2022. By the way. Uh, well, I was just thinking about, you mentioned about yeah. the radio from 1990. I was thinking yeah. that, so you're coming up on 30 years for that. Yeah, next I, year, it, yeah. Yeah, I, but I, I'll be a CFP since 1992. Okay. Who, who knew? Uh, anyway, uh, folks, there are lots of good certified financial planners in Massachusetts besides the folks at McNamara Financial. But go see one, folks. You really need one, okay? Uh, okay, uh, let's see here. Um, what shall we do next? Okay, so anyway, uh, do's and don'ts. I want to go through a list of do's and don'ts, okay? Uh, and they're, they're like in no particular order. Some are do's and some are don'ts. You know, I didn't. I didn't put all the do's in one place and all the don'ts in another sort of a thing. So oh, well, kinda, but, you, but you better tell people which one's which. Well, well, yeah, I will. I promise. Okay. And and you can see there's probably 20 of them sort of a thing. So I think we can probably easily spend the last uh, 35 minutes of the show kind of go over them. But uh, again, and some of these we've already mentioned, but we're going to mention them again for uh, emphasis point of view. Okay. Uh, and, and the emphasis is, uh, the first one is, please, oh, please, do absolutely nothing. When when we have um, a, a married, retired couple and one of them dies, okay, one of the first things we and everybody else on the planet will say to the surviving spouse is, don't 
do anything for at least a year. Okay, because it's a traumatic experience. Okay, many times uh, there are that that surviving spouse is not financially uh, aware, and let's face it, you've got a whole lot of things going on in your life that you have to adjust. So I, I will say without question that waiting a good long period of time before you do anything, thinking about it, taking a breath, planning, and talking to many folks and assembling a team—that's where you start. Folks, okay, and and that that team, it's it's very uncomplicated. Certified financial planner, financial advisor, certified public accountant, estate planning attorney, insurance person, and maybe depending on the magnitude of the money and your emotional state, a counselor. Okay, because you can get stressed or have much guilt coming into a large chunk of money, sort of a thing. Okay. Yeah, I had uh, I had yeah. one thought on or comment on that. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, with a married couple, you know, one, you know, one of the spouses might, you know, handle most of the finances uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, so this is, this is, you know, this is a good reason to, to make sure that both parties are involved and know what's going on. Because if one person's completely in the dark and, and they're left as a survivor, there's a pretty good chance they could make some, some bad decisions if, yeah. if they've never handled finances before. So this, that's a good reason to make sure everybody's involved. Yep. Uh, and so do nothing, think, analyze, plan, meet, folks. That's what you need to do. Okay. Number two. Okay. So, and, and this, is a, this is a do whether you uh, have a, a plan or not. Okay. So it's, it's okay. A lot of people want to pay off their charge cards is one of the first things they want to do with their money. Okay. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm okay with that. If you solved your spending problem, if, if you had a one-time charge that you'll never have again in your charge card for a medical expense or a huge expense, and you'll never make that expense again, pay it off. Okay, if you ran up a huge card, card debt because you were overspending in your life, well, paying it off didn't, doesn't solve your overspending, and maybe the money you inherited, okay, won't. But paying off charge cards is not a bad idea. Paying off charge cards and knowing that you're not overspending going forward is a better one mm -hmm. from my point of view. Okay, so so that's a do, but kind of with an asterisk, I guess, given the circumstances. Okay, um, that the uh, p people uh, will think about paying off their mortgage, and that's probably a do. Again, if you had a plan in place, it, we, you know, we'd probably tell people, we'd certainly tell people to pay off their mortgage most of the time, situations permitting, obviously. Okay, so paying off your mortgage is okay, but maybe it's not enough money and paying off your mortgage won't solve your life's problems sort of a thing, okay? And so I, I would say if you're not going to have a plan in place and, and you choose to pay off your mortgage, take what was your principal and interest payment that now disappears and add it to your retirement plan contributions if you can do that. Let me kind of explain that. If your principal and interest payment on your mortgage was $1,000 a month, and if you paid off the mortgage and it just went away, well, then theoretically you have $1,000 a month, okay, of extra income that you didn't have before as a result of that. Uh, you can put a whole lot of money in 401ks these days. I think the, for a person under age 50, you can put up to $19,000 in your 401k. And if you're over age 50, I think it's 25. Uh, and so, you know, if, if you can use that extra $1,000, 
uh, and stick it into your 401k, you'll be a whole lot better for that in a variety of reasons. So you, you can't do pay off the mortgage, uh, but find out whether or not you need to do something <laughs> with, with that uh, principal and interest payment. You, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe you can spend it and take vacations given the amount of money if you have a plan in place that that, that makes sense. But maybe it does matter given the circumstances. Uh, any, any thoughts on that, Kirk? Are you okay with that? Uh, well, I mean, I, I mean, there are obviously there are some um, uh, some caveats. You know, you, if if your mortgage is a, if it's a huge number, then maybe you don't do that. Um, if it doesn't leave you with anything left for you know for savings, um, and in and, and if you don't plan on staying in the house, that's you know for very long. That's that's maybe a reason not to pay off the mortgage. So there are yeah. you know there are caveats yep. that you need you know you need to be aware of. Thank you. And, and you just mentioned two or three reasons to have a financial plan in place because right. people if people were thinking about that they they'd have, you know put that into the plan see if it worked and go from there sort of a thing. So yep okay. Uh, but but again um, paying off debts is great. Okay, as long as you didn't have an overspending problem to begin with, but, well, let's face it. Uh, okay, I think it's probably, well, I'm a little late for break, Kirk, but we're not bad, right? So yeah, we're uh, just about on time, so let's take our break. Mm-hmm. 